You can skip this meeting info disclaimer by going to the two minute and 30 second mark. This is a comedy show about black mental health and race. None of the views expressed here should be considered advice. This is a content and trigger warning. Some audience members may find the show's content to be harmful and disturbing. Not as annoying as this fucking music. This comedy discusses issues that are adult in nature. You must be 18 or older to listen. The views expressed are independent of any podcast platforms or sponsors. Now that we've eliminated, exploited, or offended everyone in the known fucking universe, please enjoy the show. If you have an actual emergency, please dial 911. Peace. You have public access to listen to this Zoom meeting live. Friday nights after midnight, around 3 a.m., actually Saturday morning, which is 3 a.m., by dialing in at 646-876-9923. That's 646-876-9923. Welcome to Zoom. Enter your meeting ID followed by pound. Our meeting ID is 819-6724-8120. That's 819-6724-8120. Meeting ID. The passcode is 307404. That's 3074 zero four three zero seven four zero four thank you and we'll see you inside our zoom meeting on black mental health and race you are in the meeting now you are the first participant please stand by cool Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. I know you would try it, but at least you should be um, a little mentally exhausted. Um, you had a big week last week. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm good, bro. Okay. Um. To the audience, we're going to try to keep this uh, episode under an hour. Um, we may go over a little bit, um, depending on how we feel. Um, welcome back, brother. Um, what's on your mind? Uh, uh, just a black man in white America, bro, trying to make it. <laughs> That story has not changed. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, how was your, your week? Did everything go out as planned? It was phenomenal, bro. I can't complain. Awesome. I've seen a picture of you with a celebrity. I was quite impressed. 
Well, yes and no. Um, <laughs> in that uh, celebrity, yeah, right. But uh, mm-hmm. on 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 our plane, and what I mean mm-hmm. by plane is our stations in life. Is uh, <laughs> yes, um, um, we're 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 all on, we're all on the same level. Right. So, Amen. <laughs> so, you know, you could be a celebrity, but you're a celebrity in this fraternity. So, mm. you know, on and in that respect, we're still we're still all brothers. And that's kind of um, how how we do it. Um, the same way with same way with um, masonry. Um, when you when you step in a lodge of masonry. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're a doctor, a lawyer, or a carpenter, or a trash man. You know, when you step into the lodge, we're all on the same level. Mm. Right? That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So your, your stations in life are removed um, as it relates to that because we're all brothers. We all come in the same way. There's no special treatment unless you don't come in unless you don't come in the traditional way. If you come in a different way, that's not traditional, then that's different, right? Um, in the same way with, with, the, frater- with the fraternity, um, you know, we're all brothers, and we, so we're all on the same level. Um, and unless you come in, you know, a different type of way, then that's, that's a little different. But um, at the end of the day, we all see one another as, we all see one another as, as brothers. And so when there's an event or something like that, um, we try to make, um, you know, personal acknowledgments of any brothers that's in the room. And, awesome. and, and that's kind of what happened um, with the picture you saw with me in DL, uh, DL Hughley, is that um, <laughs> uh, it, I had uh, taken my wife to it was her birthday weekend. So we just mm-hmm. kind of had like a whole weekend um, of events, but the last event that we attended was um, uh, we went to uh, Bar One, which is a uh, 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 Peter Thomas's uh, new restaurant on the waterfront in Baltimore, and um, wow. for 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 dinner, and then we left mm-hmm. there and then we went to um, uh, the Baltimore Comedy Factory, and D.L. Hughley was performing. And wow. so after after the show, um, he wanted to uh, just kind of meet any 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 of the brothers um, of Omega South Africa that was, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was in the crowd. Uh, and so that's how we ended up, you know, taking you know taking pictures because we just kind of went backstage afterwards, and you know just kind of hung out with them and took pictures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. I I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I always say that comedy is one way to um, try to heal these social ills that we have if we can just let out a laugh every now and then. It um, has a therapeutic effect on what we have to face on an everyday basis. And so I was glad that, that you did take last week off and um, 
just have some time to yourself and your family, brother. I thought it was very therapeutic, and um, I had a, a chance to be with my um, daughter and granddaughter, so it all worked out for good. Come back to this week, however, and the fuckery begins again. We have um, some guy called Peyton Gendron. What an odd name to have. And what an odd act to commit on people who are presumably just innocent of any need for societal ills and to be um, the victims of um, a social mass shooting incident. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is pretty horrific, bro. <clears throat> Indeed. Um, you, if you just tuned in, um, I am MF Doug. AF, and this is my co-host, Dr. Moore, and you are listening to Black Mental Health and Race. Um, Somehow the title of our show and the mission of our show seem quite prevalent tonight, given that situation that I just mentioned. Um, Um... there's a couple of ways to approach it if you discuss it at all. I think um, some part of me doesn't want to give that energy to the motive that he said, um, Mr. Gendron said that he um, incorporated into his actions or the way he felt about the situation and why he had to do what he had to do. Um, the good thing well, is, that, I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know, the, I don't know the details of that. So you might can elaborate. The, 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 um, he's the New York, um, state Buffalo, um, Buffalo would be oh, that city guy. New- that yeah. guy. Oh, okay. I thought you was talking about the shooter. He is the shooter. His name is uh, Peyton Gendron. What? So okay. So I'm, okay. So I'm a little confused. Um, are mm-hmm. you talking about the statements of the shooter or the statements of one of the police officers? The statement of the shooter as to um, why he he said that. Uh, well, it actually was the statement of the um, the press conference as to the one little statement that he did make in terms of um, what they uncovered on his, uh, what was that, Um, his social media uh, platform, because he wrote out what he was going to do before he did it. Um, Similar to what uh, Frank James did, who shot up the um, train station in Brooklyn, uh, maybe like two or three weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. Um, that's how, that's the only way that I know what um, this um, guy, Gendron, was um, 
intended to do and carry actually carried out. Um, if if that clarifies what the uh, police were saying about him, because as I know, um, which is probably the approach that you were taking to it, is that he hasn't made any statements. So the only statements that we do have of his motivation came from his own words on his social media platforms. Okay, so that's that's what I was not aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have looked him up, um, which which actually um, brings me to my question to you, as someone in the um, psychology field, not that um, that um, is the the only um, thing that could possibly give an um, understanding of what occurred. Well, uh, let me just simply say that he shot and killed 10 people. Uh, these people were, were black. Um, I think there were 13 people shot in all, and um, three were injured. But 10, the 10 that he did kill were black, and I think uh, one was white, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you can look it up on your own out in the audience and to see the um, racial makeup of the people who shot and uh, the reason he targeted that specific audience is he drove 200 miles to do so. What I wanted to ask you, uh, Dr. Moore, was um, the divide on whether he's mentally ill to commit such an act or he's got some other thing going wrong or right in his brain. Well, I don't know all the details of what um, transpired with him, but what I can Mm -hmm. tell you from a surface level without interviewing him or mm-hmm. you know, having having interviewed him, um, if your question is, do I think he has some type of mental illness? Um, mm-hmm. I think if you're going to kill ten people, injure three of them, and have a desire to want to have killed more, I think there's something mentally and psychologically wrong. Absolutely, and it's interesting. Um, if we look at this from, um, well, um, let's, let's look at it from, um, that's like, um, an individual person, uh, in a microscopic way. Is there something mentally wrong with people that have engineered slavery engineered punishment and engineered um, tyranny and oppression based upon that um, belief in slavery that makes them mentally ill? Are we as black people the victims as a whole of people that are mentally ill? So I I will try to be careful about labeling people as victims um 
but in short, I think that we we black people in America um, were victims at at some point um, of slavery. Um, now, if you're asking me about the people that enslaved them, was there some type of mental illness on their behalf? Is that the question? Yeah. Am I, am I, okay. That's perfect. So um, I don't know that I would say that um, it was mental illness on the behalf of people who um, generated or created the system. Um, but I think that something psychologically had to be wrong with you to actually implement it, mm. right? And, and here's the difference to me. Um, I think you could have um, a lot of crazy thoughts, right? And I think mm -hmm. the difference is in the thoughts that a person might have and the difference between a person who might implement them is the difference between mental illness and not and non-mental illness. Because you, you could get mad and feel like, you know what, I, I feel like I should slap the crap out of this person, right? <laughs> you know, or you, you get mad and feel like, you know what, my, you know, man, I wish I could really hurt my boss. You know, you, you, know <laughs> you, you could have these thoughts in your head. Somebody could cut you off in traffic. You know, and you could get mad, right? That's not abnormal. But the but the difference is the person who actually acts on it, right? Mm -hmm. When you, it's, it's different to have a thought and then have an action because that person is not able to control themselves, right? That person mm -hmm. is a person who's actually out of control. So mm -hmm. whatever thought comes to their mind, they aren't in control of the thought. The thought is actually in control of them. Right. Mm. And that is what's mentally dis disabling. Right. So, for example, like when we talk about things like depression or clinical depression or major depression, you know, the reality is everybody gets depressed. Right. That's mm -hmm. normal and natural. So, you know, you can lose a job, you can lose a loved one. Something bad can happen, you could feel depressed. That's that's normal natural. But when that depressive feeling starts to linger on past two weeks, past a month, you know, and, and on and on and on, now we start to deal with something different. Right? Because mm -hmm. now you're not just depressed, you may you now start to become clinically depressed or majorly depressed. Because now it's affects now it's affecting your daily function, right? There are people that might get on the subway or the train every day or drive a car every day, and mm -hmm. feel like, man, these people on the subway get on my nerve. Then there's another person who says, "These people get on my nerve." Tomorrow I'm coming here with a gun and kill everybody. That's different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, from that's the yeah. that's the difference between mental illness to me. And that, that's an interesting answer because um, from what, um, you know how the news media loves to um, 
go into the background of people. This guy, um, Peyton uh, Gendron, is actually pretty damn smart. He he is um he's originally from San Diego, um, but he's in uh, where is he from? Um, wait a minute. Well, whatever it is, he he has a um. He was he was supposed to be going to college for um in in the science field a very high um, degree of knowledge in um, I think it was one of the um, neuroscience that's it neuroscience that's a pretty um, complex field to be qualified to go into into college and um, what happened to him was all of a sudden, like the week before or the months leading up to him going to this um, uh, supermarket, top supermarket in Buffalo and shooting at 10 people, he started um, failing his, his exams and something went wrong where everything in his world or his um, existence started to fail. One of the ways that he was going to um, show his frustration with this failure was to kill black people. Somehow those two came together. Um, I think um, on, on a social level, and in in uh, society as a whole, there's something called this. Um, have you heard of this one? The um, uh, the Great Replacement Theory. Let me read it to you briefly. A belief in a plot by non-white people to replace the power and influence of white people is what um, this uh, conspiracy theory suggests that um, white people are going to be replaced and so that the decline in white power is based upon not only population of people that are non-white but um, advances for those same non-white people uh, with population being the biggest threat to white people's influence and power. Have you heard of that theory? Yes, I think that theory is bullshit. I think it's it's bullshit and I think it's um, extremely racial um, in nature and very dangerous. Um, It is the epitome of what we saw in Virginia (laughs) when we saw Hmm. um, uh, the white boys marching uh, in Tiki, with tiki torches and 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 khaki right. cans, um, saying that uh, the Jews were not replacers. Um, that is a, that is the ideology and the theory that they were practicing and uh, manifesting hmm. at at that time. Um, that is the epitome of the great replacement theory. 
I think it is very dangerous. Very dangerous. We can see how dangerous because it is the theory that uh, Peyton Gendron um, aligns himself with and the, the ideology that um, motivated his action, him to take action in this mass shooting. Um, from um, an analysis standpoint, it's not actual fact, but this is what came out of his own um, writings on why he was going to do what he's going to do. Um, the interesting thing about Buffalo, New York, was that two to three days later, some idiot named, um, what is his name? His name is Freddie Gibbs. Have you ever heard of the rapper Freddie Gibbs? <clears throat> well, this guy, he goes around like um, Takashi 69 He threatens other rappers. So on this occasion, in the same town that just experienced mass trauma in the um, Gendron shooting, he was confronted, Freddie Gibbs, the rapper, was confronted by other black people who commenced him whooping his ass, gave him a beat down in public in this restaurant in Buffalo, New York. And um, that somehow became news on TMZ. Um, TMZ is like celebrity gossip type, type of um, format. But it is amazing how some black people have this energy to hurt one another. But in the very same town, ironically, um, Gendron gets arrested without incident. And no one from these um, so-called uh, tough black people would show up to make sure that things like this can be... Um, handle better. I don't know what to say, but it, it just disturbs me that both incidents happened in the same town within days of one another. And you are listening to Black Mental Health and Race. Um, a lot to covering in a little short time to cover it in. Um, we are at the two minute, two hours, what time is it? Two hours and a, 2.40 a.m. And today's date is um, May 21st, uh, 2022. And May 19th, as a reminder to our audience, um, was Malcolm X's uh, birthday. So happy birthday remembrance to our great um, 
hero warrior for the cause, Malcolm X. Rihanna, brother, is um, an ASAP Rocky, a now parent of a baby boy. Shout out to them. Congrats. Um, this week, we lost um, someone <coughs> who most people will not know who she is, but um, they will remember her voice from some of the background vocals on uh, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre's album. She sung backgrounds for um, Death Row Records. And uh, she passed away. Um, she had um, complete renal failure, and um, there was no, not even dialysis could um, help her. She needed to have a donor, a donor to donate a kidney, and she never got that. Um, she was born in 1968 and died. Uh, I think that was May 6th of this year. Jewel Aples was her name. Rest in power. Peace. Anything else going on, brother? Um, I'm just going to go back for a second. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to go back to um, this uh, um, New York shooting. Um, this is um, upstate New York. Um, what is this? What, what, what part of upstate New York? Buffalo, is? New York. Buffalo. Um. I just want to say that I think that black folks have not learned their lesson mm-hmm. when it comes when, when it comes to white folks. Mm-hmm. I think that what black folks continue to show is um, a lack of love for who they are, a lack of love for their community, a lack of love for for themselves. I think that white folks constantly show you how much they love themselves, how much they protect themselves, how guarded they are of their communities. When they see black folks in strange places, they approach them. (laughs) They say, well, why are you here? You look suspicious. Why Why are you running through my community? You know, I, I, I don't know you. You know, they are constantly um, protecting. Vigilant, that's right. Of, of, of who they are, of their community. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can't walk through their community to go to the store and get um, a candy bar or uh, piece uh, of gum. That's right. A, a piece of gum <laughs> or a drink, without one of them running up on you, saying, "Who mm. are you? 
What are you doing? Mm. And, and this is them policing themselves, policing right. their communities, right? Right. This is them, this is them arming themselves, saying, you know, this is ours. What are you doing here? I, I don't know hmm. you. Do you have ID? Right? And what I'm saying to black folks, and what I think about all this is that nobody's checking white folks in black communities. Hmm. Right? No, nobody's checking them. There is no way in the world a white boy in South Carolina should have been able to go to a black church during the mm. week and no one saying, mm. hey, hey, you know, <laughs> you this, this, right. looks, this looks a little strange. Why are you here? You know, mm. I mean, no one's saying anything but just embracing that, right? No one's saying anything to this white boy in Buffalo coming to this black neighborhood and, you know, and just having free will to kill mass numbers of black folks. And, and what I'm saying is that, and, and the reason I'm saying that is because I feel like we don't love ourselves enough to protect ourselves. We don't love ourselves enough that we want to be so acceptance, so accepted by other people that we leave ourselves vulnerable to everybody and everything. Mm. Who, I'm, I, I'm saying, at what point do we, be, we start to become protective of our communities, of our families, of our children, you know, of our homes, of our communities? At, at what point do we start to do that? Mm. What, why, why, why are we, if it looks strange, why are we not calling it out? Everybody else is calling mm. out. You can't go in no other community and get away with foolishness like that. Except for the mm. black community. Mm. I, 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 I don't get it. And I don't know how many times this will have to happen before black people be start to become, you know, community protectors. A lovers mm. of themselves. Mm. That when they see something that's strange, you know, call it out. And, and, and right. why, do we, why, do, why do we have to want to be so acceptance of white folks? Or other people other than black folks coming into our community, you know, walking around, you know, doing things, looking suspicious, and that's not saying anything because we feel like we're so welcoming of that. I mean, that's how we that's how we ended up in America in the first place. Right? <laughs> that's how we ended up on the ship, Jesus. Right, you know, and, and it's like 400 years later, we're still repeating the same mistake. I don't get it. I I I, I don't get why we're not we, calling. We really people. need we we really need a wake up call. And um, there's so many people screaming about being woke, but the masses of our people are still not woke. And it, it's it's very not only problematic it it it's um detrimental to our, our existence as a whole i think detrimental um, some, is is an understatement is is deadly hmm, right we're dying exactly 
as a result of this naivete. Because we still are having arguments about who's black, who deserves reparations. There's something called foundational blacks. Then there's um, um, African descendants of um, slavery. We're, we're now categorizing who is black and whether colorism, whether this, this person is being treated do you know that this guy goes into a store and he didn't give a fuck if you were light-skinned, if you were Muslim, if you were um, ugly, or if you were fat? He just saw black people and started to kill them. He didn't give a fuck about none of the things that we tried to um, classify or categorize categorize and even argue amongst ourselves and fight amongst ourselves. He didn't care whether he was a rapper, gangster, what gang you belonged to, what uh, politics you had. None of that mattered to this killer. The only thing that mattered was that this was the neighborhood where you niggas hang out in. That's where I'm going. Yeah. It would be good. No, no, finish, please. It would be funny if one day the people that want to beat up people who want to get revenge on people were to meet up with the the people that are uh, like uh, gendering. Those are the two people that need to meet. Two people that have this mentality of we're going to teach somebody a lesson by harming them. These type of people never meet up with each other. You never would see a gendron in um, a, a place where, where um, black gang members hang out, nor would you see vice versa. Um, these gang members, black gang members, heading into a, a place that, 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 um, that's anti-black and getting revenge. That revenge is always on the innocent of black people. It goes to the point that you were saying that this is not only detrimental, it's lethal. It's happening to black people over and over again, and we still don't get it, and nor do we try to police our own community to see if we can uh, put up some type of prevention or defense against things happening, whether they be from black people or white people. Yeah, bro. I, I, I don't know, bro. It's, it's confusing to me. What I do know as a person that, you know, I've grown up in the hood all my life um, and have had uh, different lifestyles. I know if you a nigga, and I'm using the word nigga, if you <laughs> were a nigga that was not from a, a particular community hmm. or particular hood, and hmm. you showed up in that hood, if you didn't have if family you members, projects, right? <laughs> if you didn't have family members or cousins or somebody hmm. that could vouch for you. 
you was getting checked mm. at the door. Mm. You were mm. you what you 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 couldn't skate by. You couldn't get into the neighborhood because mm. somebody was checking you. Mm. <clears throat> you know, as you came in, who you? Mm. You know, you know who you know. Mm. And, and if your cousins or your folks didn't even have a name, you still was in trouble. That's right. Right. If, if, you if you if, your ass whoop. <laughs> Know, or you knew better than to even try that, right? Right. So you knew if you was going to certain neighborhoods, if you was not from that hood, you if you was going to see your peoples, your peoples better be respected in the mm. hood that they lived in, or you couldn't mm. go check them. You, mm. you you couldn't go see them. You, Somebody that's the only way you got to pass, right? That's the only way you got to pass. <laughs> Or you was gonna but, have a black eye and an ass whooping <laughs> by the time you got to the, the apartment, or by the time you got to hmm. where they were. Hmm. If you made it then. <laughs> exactly. And you just chased your ass out of there. Exactly. Then <laughs> get your ass on, nigga. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know nobody over here. Right. <laughs> you tell them to meet you outside the neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. You and are you, not coming in here. And you and 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 you knew that, so mm. you know, and that's what you did. If you didn't, ha- if you didn't have a name in your hood, you your cousins and your folks couldn't come through. You know, mm. unless you went to go meet them at the at the top of the neighborhood, you know, to walk mm. them through. You know, or else y'all met at a mutual at a mutual place. Neutral, right? Neutral place. Mutual, neutral place, brother. Um, they the what I have um, theorized or not analyzed for myself is these are the type of things that we have not forgotten from slavery. We're somehow indoctrinated, socialized, still with the same mentality that we had as slaves. Meaning that you could do all of the things that you wanted to black people, but you could not ever attack the overseer and the master, nor their family, not even their dog. You couldn't harm a hair on the head of a dog that belonged to the slave master. You could do all of the... um, criminal behavior that you wanted to on a slave, as long as you didn't kill them, because those slaves are still property. But that is where we got this mentality of this community is unprotected. Let me do my dirt on them. I can get away with whatever I think in my mind to a certain extent I can get away we're perpetrating it on these people because they are unprotected community. That mentality that um, was pervasive in, in slavery to keep us enslaved is still going on, even though we're no longer slaves. Physically, we still have that mentality mentally. None of these um, so-called tough people are confronting people it, 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 
it, it's so frustrating to um, even have to talk about it, but um, it, it's um, sad. Well, it's sad, but it's a sad reality. Uh, mm. And when you don't know your history, then you're doing the repeat, repeat it. And that's what we do. Indeed. Because, you know, gangsters don't read, so they don't know history. Right? Mm. So they constantly repeat it. They, they constantly, mm. you know, I, I mean, if you, if we go back as far as slavery, as far as, you know, living in a hood, you know, we have constantly, constantly been, have been people that have been unprotective of our communities, unprotective of our uh, women, unprotective of our right. families. Um, and we have been destroyers of that and allowed other people. I mean, but the slave master, one slave master, could come and walk into the slave shack and take a slave's wife and go have sex with her. Hmm. And the slave husband could do absolutely could not do nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then that he would send her back. That carried over. That's right. Bruh, this is the same mentality that you see today. The slave hmm. master or the slave master's son could still mm. come back to the hood, mm. right? Or the slave shack and mm. shoot or rape and kill as many mm. black folks as possible. Mm. And the black men allow them to do it. Mm. And couldn't say a word. It's the mentality, bro. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. Mm. And it's in very modern, pervasive in, and continue, continues in, on to this day. In modern day. Indeed. It's a, psycho, it's a psychological function of post-traumatic slave syndrome manifesting in modern day. Because mm. there's no way any of these white boys that are doing what they do should be able to do what they've done. Um, that is correct. Unless if they you, they have some distorted um, perception of reality that this would be okay. Well, they it's not distorted. It is okay. They they know hmm. that they can come into your community in your home and it be okay. They know that. Hmm. There's nothing that black folks have done historically to show white folks that you cannot come in this neighborhood and do X, Y, Z. There's nothing that, mm. that has been done to show them that. Exactly. Um, point in case, uh, there's a white lady named Hannah Payne, AKA Vigilante Karen. About six months ago, she killed a black man who had, um, he had got into a motor vehicle accident and he tried to leave the scene of the accident. She gets out of her car and tells him he can't go anywhere, where pulls a gun on him. He drives off anyway. She gets in her car 
chases him in, in a, a car chase. Finally, the guy stops, gets out the car, and she shoots him dead. There's a, another um, incident. There's a boy, a nine-year-old boy, to show you how this mentality continues to go on. I know you heard of this one, brother. Nine-year-old boy is a white boy. He goes knock on a, his neighbor's door, and he knocks on the door with a whip, an actual whip in his hand, and he demands for the parent to bring out her not her um I guess they were around the same age, um so she's probably in the in the age range of nine to come outside so he could whip her for whatever he felt that she needed to be punished for, for doing. And so the, the black parent is like, little boy, if you don't get away from my <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Knocking who, who the hell you think they, you are? So this, this incident um, escalates because when the father, white boy's father comes home, the um, black parents go and knock on the door and say, hey, your, your little white son knocked on the door threatening to beat my daughter with a whip. So this, um, um, this white boy's white father comes to the door with a gun and shoots into the window of the neighbor's house. It's crazy out here, brother. Um, I can get you can get mentally exhausted from all of the things that um, go on. Uh, you got this guy uh, Tucker Carlson, who is um, they're saying he he works for MSNBC, and he's one of the um, one of the um, people who talk about replacement theory as being real and not bullshit. The opposite of what we think about it. We think that's that's a conspiracy theory or some bullshit. But um, the other guy that I mentioned to you last week, Jordan Peterson, these guys believe that that um, racial theory is correct and that white people need to start arming themselves, need to start um, being vigilant more than allowing these other non-white people to take over America. They, that is the, the mindset from which uh, a Peyton Gendron gets his motivation to think that he could do exactly what he did. He didn't even care about being caught. He gave himself up. But his mission was accomplished because he thinks that he contributed to whatever perceived threat, ill-gotten perceived threat that he, got, that he had 
uh, resulted in the death of 10 black people. Right, I'll just say this, and, and, and this might sound controversial, <laughs> but um, I, I think the founding fathers of this country, as racist as they, as they were, I think they were mm-hmm. on to something um, when they um, was founding the Constitution and all that stuff. Um, mm. In terms of saying, you know, we're building a new country, but we're building a country of a bunch of ignorant people. And these mm. people are so ignorant um, and so dumb that it's almost scary to give them the same right to vote that we have. Mm. Right? That means that the, their power of thinking is as powerful as our way of thinking. Even though we have mm. some education and some insight and experience, you're going to give this trailer park um, idiot, um, illiterate person the same power uh, of a vote um, as they had. And so the trailer park trash person that can't read and can't write, but someone who can go to that community and say, hey, look, vote for me, um, I'll increase your food stamps. Vote for me and I'll make sure those black people cross the railroad track, um, won't ever get a job and I'll get you a job. You know, but that type of ignorance but having that type of power to vote is what we see happening right now um, in the political arena. And again, I said this is probably something you're not going to agree with or probably you know, um, be controversial. But I think that as right or as wrong as they were, in them understanding, you know what? I don't know that everybody should have the right you know, to do X, Y, Z. I sometimes think, hmm. like, I don't know that everybody should have a social media platform, right? And, and hmm. I don't know that I think that every. I mean, okay, every, let's say everybody should have. If I say, if I have to agree that everybody should have the right to vote, I almost want to say I think that everybody should have the same education, because hmm. without. Edu- without education about an issue, what are you doing? Hmm. What, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? And what we constantly have with social media now is people who have a platform that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. They, they aren't educated about what they're saying. And, and they, just, they just have these feelings about things. And right. I, I just feel some kind of way about that. Right? I feel like People are having a pain about everything and have strong feelings about everything or have strong feelings about things that they know nothing about. And, and I, you know, I feel some kind of way because I can't have an intelligent conversation with somebody who's ignorant about a subject. Yeah. But they do have the right to their opinion. Right. So that's controversial to me. Exactly. Right? I mean, I, I mean, I have people in my family that I, I've grown up with that I love 
but I'm not going to sit there and try to have a stocks and bonds conversation with them. <laughs> right. I'm not going to try to have a conversation about neuroscience. Right. Right. Or, or you know, <laughs> or, or psychology or, you know, I mean, <laughs> politics. Right. It's just, it's, it's, right. It's, it's, it's not going to be a fair conversation, but they have the same right to vote that I have. Mm. Right. And I was looking at a study today and the study said 81% of the population voted for Joe Biden. Right. Mm. 74% of the population voted for Donald Trump. Mm. But a hundred thousand part of the population didn't vote at all. <laughs> I'll take you back even further. Do you know that 55% of the population voted for um, David Duke at the same time I think Jesse Jackson was running for president? Um, who became president out of all that madness? Um, was it Bill Clinton? Whoever well, was, that's when the, um, I think it was the same time that Bill Clinton was running and Jesse Jackson was running against him. So um, this was the 84, 88. Right. Around that time. Uh, Jesse ran 84 and 88. And 88. That is correct. I think Bill Dukes you remember that name. He's mm -hmm. the former KKK member. He he ran on the platform um, around the same time. And 55% of the white population voted for him then when we didn't, when we're supposed to be evolving out of racism. But bring it current to today that just over five years ago, we voted in Donald Trump. 55% of the white population voted him in knowing he had this racist ideology and still voted him in as a backlash to us voting in Barack Obama. They wanted anybody besides um, a whoever thinks that uh, black people should be president, they voted against their own interests. And most of the people, after they voted in, regretted that shit. However, he still has a majority of the people's mindset that think with theories like this um, great replacement theory, um, all of these other types of ideology where white power is being threatened. And I will say this about them. And it says, it speaks to something about us as black people. White people, whether you're going to agree with them, whether you're going to like them, whether you're going to support them, are going to have their own self-interest first. Not that they are incapable, 
of seeing other people's way of thinking. But they are not going to vote against their own self-interest for the majority of the time. Voting in Obama was like an aberration since they make up the majority of the, the voting population. But the backlash of that was to get a just total, complete asshole like uh, Donald Trump after those eight years of Barack Obama. But it's all about balance, people. Um, so let me mention some other guy. And I'll let you speak on that in a second. Um, Daryl Edward Brooks. Most people are not familiar with him. And uh, I'll mention one other person, Frank James. These are two black people who tried to kill people just um, through um, public shootings. They One was a shooter and one used his car as a vehicle. Um, this guy, Daryl Everett Brooks, he's the guy from, um, I think that was Wisconsin, that ran over people in the parade. I think he killed about six people and injured like 33 other people. Um, just ran over people. Sort of like the, the guy did in um, Charleston, West Was that Charleston, West Virginia, right? Or was that Virginia? The, the, the incident that you mentioned earlier in the show. And he, that, he killed that white girl. All of these people have one commonality, whether they be white, black, and they want to do these public killings. There's something in their psyche. And they're not, it's not that they're, they're not intelligent. Some of these people are uh, either um, going on to high degrees or have some... Um, type of um, education that goes beyond high school. I think one of the misnomers, and I think one of the problems, or one of the things that we have to get past and realize is that racism is not like a peck of wood type of thinking, right? Hmm. It's not like a, it's, it's not like a, a ignorant thing. Like you got to be ignorant to be racist. That's not that's right. not the case, right? And I think that's where we 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 keep missing the point is we think that only ignorant people are racist. It's not true, hmm. right? If you look at the founding fathers, right? If you look at the founding fathers of this country, we're very intelligent people, right? <laughs> but they hmm. were racist as fuck, right? Hmm. You know, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, you know. Um, Thomas Jefferson, these people weren't ignorant white people, but they were racist. Right. And so mm. I think the I, I think you know we 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 miss the point when we think that racism is an ignorant thing or that you know only ignorant um low class white people think that way. It's not the case. There's very right. intelligent white folks that, that are racist. And mm. I think that that's where we, we, we get lost sometimes and we miss the point 
and trying to do the calculation about racism is thinking that only ignorant white folks are racist. Not the case at all. Very intelligent white folks are racist. Exactly. The the one other thing I mentioned about this Jinjin uh, character, he was um, diagnosed and medicated. Um, I think when he was either thirteen or fifteen, for wanting to harm, um, murder people, and um, they had him on um, Lexapro and got the other medication, but. Um, those with the delusional thoughts, but um, after he was hospitalized, the um, psychiatrist thought that um, he wasn't a threat to society. Um, so he went on to excel in school and was on his way to college. But um, the reason he's not in college and is in prison right now is because those thoughts got to him. So I don't think people with mental illness should be um, automatically or synonymously um, um, put into not being intelligent, put into a bag that they're not intelligent. Some of them are are highly intelligent and some of them ain't got no sense at all. and so it is with racism. Racism has nothing to do with your intelligence or your lack of education. It is the way you identify with your group. And we as black people are having such an identity crisis that we don't even have the wherewithal to protect our own communities and to see what, not that we could have prevented um, Gendron from doing what he did, but Something needs to happen where people, the the chaos that goes on in the black community needs to be start being policed by the black community itself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that if you're going to be a black gangbanger, um, Mm. I think that you have a responsibility to um, protect what you say mm-hmm. that is, is yours. You know, mm-hmm. even though you don't own that block, I mean, you protect it. And not just from Indeed. one day. You know, because I can see you. Some threats inside and outside the community. Right. right. So if you going to be you know, protective of, you know, somebody or some group that's two or three blocks away, you should surely be protective of somebody that's four or five miles away. You know, and I think that, uh, you know, we have to be more of lovers of ourselves, lovers of our community, lovers of our family. Um, and we we may need to start being Karens of our community. Hmm. Hmm. And and that that was the 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 last question that I'll bring up in terms of mental health. Um, the issue here, the politicized issue, 
that's growing uh, throughout America, not just with the uh, Peyton Gendron um, Buffalo, New York shooting, but just um, in general. This guy has a mental health issue, and the law states that um, anybody with a mental health issue should not be able to purchase a gun. He was not only able to purchase a gun, but I'm going to send you a picture of all the tactical gear that he was able to purchase with just once he turned 18. Having uh, a mental health record. Um, so the issue, well, the question that I want to ask you, Dr. Moore, is um, there's going to be a debate on whether we have a right to keep arms. Uh, not that there's going to be a debate. There has been an ongoing debate in American society of the right to bear arms and who should have those arms and who should not have them. Any statement that you'd like to make on that? I know me personally. Okay, that's why I'll clarify. Me personally, I'm not a gun person. And I think that everyone should have the right to choose whether to have a gun or not. Um, I do think that issues like mental health and uh, other issues should prevent people from having a gun. However, how are we as black people going to be able to arm ourselves if if there's one out of four people have been incarcerated, that automatically um, um, takes them out of the picture, even um, being able to purchase a gun because they have a felony. So my question was not, not really a specific question, but how do you feel about gun laws, not just in terms of gendering, but uh, the ongoing debate on people arming themselves um, for self-defense. I feel I feel the same way I feel about what I just said to you. Um, about everybody having the same right to vote. I, 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 <laughs> you know, I, I, I think you should have a certain skill set to vote. That's just my opinion. Right? Um, to have a gun. I think you should have a certain skill set to have a gun. Um, you know, I think you should have a certain skill set to have a baby. Um, hmm. So, with this whole thing about um, abortion and all this stuff, and, you know, uh, you can't have an abortion, I, I think that shit, that stuff sounds crazy to me. And I should probably be careful you know, saying this as a therapist, <laughs> but, um, you know, I just don't think the government should have the right to tell people what they could do with their body. Um, mm. And I don't know if that contradicts with the government saying who should, who should or should not have a, a gun. But I do feel like if you are not ready to have a baby, then you should have the right to not have it. I feel like 
if you aren't ready to have a gun, then you probably should not have the right to have it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, saying, well, I, I, I respect freedoms, right? I, I get it. You, you, you know, we all, you know, should have certain freedoms, but I think with freedoms comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to be responsible with the freedom, then I don't think you should have it. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, if you can't be responsible with having a kid, you probably shouldn't have a kid. Because mm-hmm. the kid is going to suffer. If you can't be responsible with having a gun, then probably everybody who doesn't have a gun is going to be in trouble because you you don't have to be responsible with that. Um, so, I, yeah, I feel... I feel with certain res- freedoms that there are responsibilities that should come with that. And so I think if you have that right, it should be a responsibility that comes with that right. So I, I think as a voter, you sh- the responsibility to come with that voter is that you should have some type of education. Or you probably shouldn't be voting. Because one of the things that, when it's crazy because the reason why America became America was because of taxation without representation, right? It, 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 it happened because people were feeling like they were being, you know, taxed and they didn't have a voice, right? And they only had to listen to the king and the queen, right? And then they went through all that stuff and went to a whole war, a revolutionary war. And then they started this country. And as soon as George Washington, you know, um, became this premier person and the president, you, you know the first thing they wanted to do? They wanted to anoint him king. Hmm. That goes right back into the very right. they tried to escape. Exactly. And so that spoke, <laughs> it speaks volumes to the ignorance of, the, of this country. This country is a country of, of very ignorant people, man. Very, hmm. very ignorant people. Um, hmm. That and have black a people lot of have, have adapted that that ignorance. We have adapted that ignorance because we don't have any solution for people coming into our neighborhoods, and we saying, "Hell no, you 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 stand over there. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll we, we got to check you out first. Because the the guy Ginger was in the neighborhood for three days before he pulled it off. Yeah." Um, let me read this. Um, Hannah Payne, the lady I just mentioned that killed the black man, is a Georgia woman charged with killing 62-year-old Kenneth Herring. Her lawyer says Payne was acting as a good Samaritan and shot him in self-defense. Although she initiated the chase, she initiated pulling out her gun at the uh, car accident, and she chased him down and demanded that he not move, and she shot and killed him um, through those actions. She calls that, her lawyer calls that uh, self-defense. One other thing before we go. um, So my point there was was that... um, American society is a very complex space. Um, 
to live in and to rationalize and socialize with other people, there is going to have to be black people, white people on just people of, of, of good will that are going to have to say all bullshit when they see it and they're going to have to be able to report um, as we have in the nation, the, the general orders, report all calls from posts more distant from the temple. Um, what that meant, I don't remember the, the last little part of it, but if you see something that looks suspicious, you need to report it to somebody so that there can be some type of investigation. Now, you can't take it to the extremes that uh, Hannah Payne took it or to the people that, that uh, tracked down Ahmaud Aubrey. So those people took that surveillance past the point of surveillance to taking the law into their own hands and killing somebody. Um, the three white people that killed Ahmaud Aubrey are doing life in prison. We don't know what's going to happen to Hannah Payne, but there has to be some type of um, social justice balance where good people speak out when they see people like uh, Gendron or anybody acting suspicious. I wanted to bring up, uh, finally, if uh, you wanted to say anything before I bring up my last point. No, I was thinking as I was listening to you talk, I was just thinking about um, this guy in Buffalo, this guy in South Carolina, this guy at Rittenhouse. Um, just the white folks and the, li the liberties that they take with black folks in terms of kill. Hmm. It's just amazing. It is. Um which um, brings me to my last point is perfectly um, it, it's apropos to what you just saying. Um, for those in the audience that are listening and for us, uh, you and I, Dr. Moore, I uh, want you to look up, uh, if you do get a chance, Dominic Black. He was Cal Rittenhouse's friend who um, had the gun according to him. And so they say that Cal Rittenhouse did not go over state lines with the gun. It was already in um, Kenosha, Wisconsin, um, awaiting um, Cal Rittenhouse to turn 18. Unfortunately, he shot and killed uh, three, two of the three white people that he um, says was self-defense. Uh, once again, that name is Dominic Black. Interesting. Um, but we, we could spend the rest of our lives researching self-defense and how it works. But let me show you where it started from in terms of history. It's called the Stono Rebellion, September 9th, 1739. This is even before... Um, uh, the Declaration of Independence. What was prevalent in the Americas then was slavery. 
Specifically, the Stono Rebellion was a slave revolt that began on the 9th of September, 1739, in the colony of South Carolina. It was the largest slave rebellion in the southern colonies, with 25 colonials and 35 to 50 Africans that were killed. So the reason that um, white people are justified, or according to their way of thinking, which you can have a right, wrong, and different attitude about it, they don't care. White people are always going to be armed because one of the biggest slave rebellions took place on a plantation in, in uh, South Carolina called the Stono Rebellion, S-T-O-N-O Rebellion in 1739. And they promised not to ever let anybody tell them that they didn't have the right to bear arms. This is even before it was constitutionally, just before there was a constitution. So the argument that we can somehow regulate white people from having a gun, even if we have the laws, it's like you can't stop black people from, from smoking weed. They're going to smoke weed whether it's lawful or not. We will not be able to um, fight them legislatively on the issue of right to possession have a gun and these are the reasons why but this is also the reason why just to knit all of this back together again the great replacement theory that white people have whether we think it's foolishness or not they take very seriously they think that they are under threat, and whether it's paranoia or conspiracy theory or whatever we think it is, they are going to do what they do. When are we, as black people, going to do what we do for our own self-defense? And this doesn't mean picking up guns, but what it does mean is we need to be more intelligent and more critical of our identity. Our identity as Republicans or Democrats or as Christians, Muslims, uh, or as a gay or as um, a gang member, none of that matters to the people who have already established in their minds that they need to protect themselves. You're listening to Black Men Through Health and Race. Dr. Moore, I'll give you the last word. Mm. Um, I think you said the last word. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know how to come behind that. Um, I, I think we have a lot of work to do, but I don't like saying that we have a lot of work to do because I don't... Um, necessarily buy into the theory that I think that one day collectively black folks are going to get it together and you know and it's <laughs> all going to work out for the best of black <laughs> folks I, I don't necessarily believe that um, and I don't want to sound hypocritical but I think a lot of what you said spoke to you know us you know uniting and um, working 
collectively. Um, I, I, I'm not pessimistic as it relates to black folks, but <laughs> I, I, I am more, um, I think I am more um, group dynamic as it relates mm -hmm. to black folks. And I think that, um, you know, find a group that works for you and work with that group. If it's your community, if it's your social group, if it's your whatever it is, you know, um, I think work within that group. Um, I'm not saying don't work with other groups, but I am saying work with the groups that will work with you um, as at least to us mm. as people of color. But um, I, I, I don't think that we've grown enough or come to the point or will we ever come to the point where we start to think collectively as black folks? I think we think collectively as black folks um, in small groups. I don't think we think collectively in terms of large groups. So, um, you know, just become critical thinkers. Hmm. Yeah. That is key. That is certainly key. Uh, and don't get out of control like uh, Frank James because sometimes we can go overboard with our militancy and that needs to be checked as well. And that is where critical thinking is absolutely essential because some of you can get so um, revolutionary and rightfully so, but be caught in a trap that white people are not going to play with you when they come back to get you. And you will not have the luxury of being arrested when they come after you for what you thought you should do without thinking critically first. Um, because the there, there seems to be a, a small group of black people that think that retaliation should be physical. But I think it would be more gangster to have an education that helps us to build a better reality than some type of physical fight with white folks. They have their own deems to work out. They have their own guilt for 400 years of slavery to work out. What we need to do is protect ourselves and defend ourselves, most critically with education, because we can beat out any nonsense, like replacement theory, just with a thought. I agree. You have been listening to Black Mental Health and Race. Um, anything I didn't mention tonight, brother? No, bro. I mean, we actually went for over an hour without a break, um, which is <laughs> big trouble uh, now. I'll see if I can break it down. <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting, but uh, we got through it with us. Yes, sir. And I, I think what you said was key. 
we may not be able to have a whole determination as black people, but as Minister Farrakhan said, which Dr. Moore reiterates in his um, answer to me just now, you have small groups, you have your church, you have your gang, you have your organization, you have your um, uh, classes where people of like minds are meeting. Or you have like me and Dr. Moore have, we don't agree on everything. And sometimes we'll even argue, but we have this show as a conversation between two black men for a reason so that we can discuss these issues intelligently and try to incorporate some critical thinking into it and balance it out black and white. But never forget for one instant that you are not black. I don't care if you don't want to call yourself black, whatever you call yourself, other people look at you as a whole. They can't look at you individually because there's 8 billion people on the planet. They have to look at you as a whole. What are we doing as a whole, whether we do it in little groups, that is going to make us a viable part of the global community? Um, If you believe anything that you've heard tonight is good for yourself and for your people, share this episode. Start having conversation with somebody of like mind. There's a lot of ignorant black people out there. You're going to have to find somebody, and it's going to be a hard search to find someone of like mind. I am glad that I have you to talk to Dr. Moore and all of our food, Tom Foolery. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel the same way. Indeed. Um, I think I would go crazy. (laughs) Because most of the people that I'm surrounded with are just clueless. Clueless. And they certainly don't want to have these um, these types of conversations. But uh, we try to mention everybody. We try to talk about what's going on in the world. Shout out to D.L. Hughley. And shout out to your organization, Dr. Moore, the Q's, and um, trying to make a difference in the world. Absolutely. Move to the Q's. <laughs> Indeed. All right, brother. I think we've... Um, Fucked with everybody's mind tonight. And hopefully we get a chance to come back next week and um, do it again. So hopefully we can build a better community of all people. But black first. If you can't see that as your identity, something is wrong with you and the way you think. And you could be exterminated not thinking properly. Absolutely. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God. I'll catch you next week, brother. Inshallah. Inshallah. And happy birthday, Malcolm X. Happy birthday. Happy belated, bro. Indeed. Peace. Peace.
The excerpt is from the American Sociological Association. The show name is Speaking of Psychology. This is an excerpt of an interview with uh, Karen Douglas, Ph.D., on why people believe in conspiracy theories. Enjoy. Excellent analysis, computer and program. <laughs> 